you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you browse homeowner reviews, compare quotes from multiple local pros, and even book a service instantly. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 546. Um, we've added a second Nerdist Podcast live at San Diego Comic-Con, so that'll be Saturday, July 26th uh, at 7.30 p.m. We're going to announce the guests pretty soon, um, but uh, tickets are going fast. I hate that phrase because it sounds manipulative, right? Like, oh, you better get on this or you're going to lose tickets that you're not going to... I mean, if you want to go, you would just buy the tickets. If you don't want to go, you're probably not going to go, oh, I better buy these before so I can keep some other jerk from going. Anyway, uh, now I've talked far too much about the semantics of how to present um, a live show uh, ticket offer. So just if you would like to go, it would be nice to have you there. If not, totally cool. Um... Uh, but we'll see you there if you, if you do come, and uh, it'll be these, they will be very very fun. I'm very excited about these shows in this Comic Con. So uh, I'd like to thank Stamps.com for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. Turn your computer into your own personal post office that does not shout at you or that you don't have to wait in line for. If you want to create the post office experience, just get a line of your friends to stand in front of your computer and then just wait there for a while, and then just have your computer just. Um, on a loop just shout expletives at you um but if you don't want to do all that then just sit down and print out the exact postage you need for whatever letter or package or whatever you need and then just hand it to your mail carrier and then and then you'll be done we of course have this continuing offer with stamps.com the promo code nerdist will give you a 110 dollars bonus offer including a digital scale which by the way calculates the exact postage for letters and packages and up to 55 dollars of free postage so don't wait go to stamps.com before you do anything else click the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in nerdist that's stamps.com and enter the promo code NERDIST. This podcast is Alexis Ohanian, who is uh, a co-founder of Reddit. And I spent a lot of time on Reddit, um, and I was very excited to meet uh, Alexis. And he turned out to be such a great guy that we actually became pals. And actually, I believe, may have developed uh, an idea that might be fun for you to jump on. But uh, yeah, he was in town a few weeks back, and he came out to the At Midnight Studios, and we got to we got to hang out a bit. We exchanged numbers. Oh, bro time. And, uh, <laughs> and so, oh, he does have a book, by the way, called Without Their Permission, which came out late last year. It's available anywhere books are sold, digitally or um, in real life. Uh, so check it out. He's an incredibly, incredibly smart guy. He's way smarter than I am, uh, which is totally fine. Uh, and uh, it was an honor to talk to like I was smarter. So here we go, the Nerdist Podcast number 546 with Alexis Ohanian. Our Begin Podcast. Now entering Nerdist.com. 
make my cat look really fat or like she sometimes it, it's all about how she spreads out like sometimes she will just be like here here's a reasonable photo she loves sticking out something like that and I just I melt well okay then yeah just wait the app where you make people look like cats no okay that's that's the full Monty She's sea otters. This is what I call this, and it's did the most amazing about, thing did ever. You think about putting a stick on oh. and just like and just like sweep. My sweeping the floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. We like should a swiffer like a cat. Our cat should hang out. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, oh, I miss her. Where is she now? Oh, she's me. back in Brooklyn. But I've, I've only been gone a few days. I'm just pathetic. No, that's that's yeah, that's no, pathetic. That's you sweet. Should, I I uh, did a five month uh, bus tour for my book, and when I came back, I really worried. I thought it was going to be like. You know those amazing viral videos where the vet comes home and the dog flips out? Yeah. And it's like so – and you're all like weepy and stuff. They don't have a lot of those with cats, you know? <laughs> and so like I'm like, karma, I'm home. Cats are emotionally like, vacant. <laughs> but no, she – I mean she came to the door and expressed about as much love as I can get out of a cat. I was, I was happy with it. But it wasn't like – I was really expecting like the dog jumping up on me, licking the face. But it just, just the, the cat. cat just goes, meow, Meh. and then just one balloon just <laughs> sadly drops. Look, we threw a party for you. And just bounces. All right, I'm, I'm going to go shit in a box now. See, this is... And then make you clean it up. They make yeah. you clean it up. That's yeah. the gift. It's like my 16th birthday all over again. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like having a cat is a very codependent relationship. Because you're constantly yeah. just like, love me more. Mm-hmm. Cat, what if I do this? Will yeah, you love me works. more? Never works. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't. But see, I feel like... We were talking about this earlier. I feel like I'm more of a dog person. I just don't. I can't my, with living in, in in Brooklyn and traveling and stuff like I would just feel terrible having one and uh, the cat I'm, I'm not, I don't know if she's listening but I still love her I just she'll, you know, she'll listen I kind of wish she were a dog she'll, she'll you know a, a dog would be like you sounded great on that podcast a right. cat might listen but never tell you and you'd <laughs> be like true. did you listen to podcasts <laughs> I don't know I, I don't listen know. to a lot of yeah. things got a lot of stuff going on in my life I always feel yeah. like having a cat <laughs> is like having a roommate that you slept with once but shouldn't have and it's just always awkward where you they just walk across the hall and you're like oh am i supposed to go to you or do you are we friends still or do you come to me wow i have i have never had that uh roommate setup but it makes a lot of sense (laughs) i've never have either uh but i'm assuming that that's what i'm assuming that's what would happen um what welcome to the podcast oh this started this started started. oh it started about that started a little while ago did you like scalp chewbacca i did is that an ipad case book Oh, this is our guest book. So when we're done, nice. uh, you will sign this book. Did that re- that just roared? Yeah, Wookie roared. And then we will, uh, when when the book is full, we auction it off for charity. That's great. Yeah. Wow. We've got a little ways to go, but I think we'll, I think we'll get there by the end of the year. Nice. Um, but uh, are you? Do you spend a lot of time on the West Coast, or is this just for the book tour? Uh, you know, I so I'm very biased. I love I love the East Side, but I do you know obviously a lot in technology startups and investing. So I spend a lot of time in San Francisco. No offense, Southern California. Uh, but my grandfather lives here, and a lot of things came into place. I was on the West Coast for Y Combinator and their latest batch, mm-hmm. whole new round of startups, new Reddits, new Hitmonks, even better and bigger. And uh, my grandpa's 92 years young. And I was like, Gramps, like, I got to come visit, and I got to get you to an AMA. And my grandpa, bless his heart, he uses, he actually uses the internet a good bit. Does not use Reddit. <laughs> he is aware of Reddit. I mean, I've been working on it for the last nine years, so like, I'd hope so. And he's and he's very very supportive of it, but has no idea 
what it is. But I explained the whole AMA procedure to him, and he was like, all right, all right, let's do this. And I was his typist, as he dictated to me. And uh, we did an amazing AMA a couple days ago, which you should all check out. Uh, and it's really cool. And it's, I've, I, I got inspired because I've started to see more, like, I'm a 94-year-old World War II vet. Ask me anything. These, yeah. these, these, these AMAs of people who have lived through so much, um, who may not necessarily be famous, but who are part of a limited group of people who have this kind of experience? It just—it's really fascinating. I mean, Reddit's median age is like twenty-six. But the—but the—you so, know what's good what's, questions? What? But the—you know—someone who's lived to the age of ninety-four. It's a very strong likelihood that they have a lot of great stories to yes. tell, just because they've been in the store a long time. Yeah. And so they may not be pop culture famous, but they're sort of—they're sort of humanity famous in a in a in a, in a way because they have exper- You know, they have achieved. I mean, if you make it to that age, you're doing something right. You've, you're doing, yeah. There's something going on for the most part, um, and there are lessons to be learned, and there yeah. there there are parallels to be drawn. And so, you know, the great thing about um, Reddit or social media or having this connection to people is that a lot of these people in their 90s would have just otherwise just been dust in the wind mm-hmm. at, at some point well, without sh- having their story to tell. But having this. Because it's not like – most of these cases, people aren't being visited every day so they can spin yarns. Yeah. So to be able to reach out to you know, ostensibly millions of people mm-hmm. and say, what do you want to know? I got stories. And, and I like – this was not – this was absolutely an unintended consequence. Um, Steve and I started Reddit just to have like one front page of interesting links that would one day hopefully grow into many, many communities. There are like – there are half a million subreddits now. And I also was watching you last night. Oh, that's creepy. Uh, it's LA, so I guess you, get, you hear that a <laughs> On lot. the show, right? Not yeah, the – Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've said too much. I've said too much. Um, and, uh, and, and to see – was it combined gifts of mm-hmm. uh, the subreddit getting a shout out there? Like there are half a million communities now on Reddit. Right. We built that platform with just one and hoped that, okay, we could spin up some others and you know, anyone could create one. And one day, maybe there'd be like 20. Uh, and what's so cool is you know, the AMA thing spun out because a Redditor or Redditors on our Ask Reddit were getting tired of seeing people come on to Ask Reddit, which is normally a place to ask questions, saying, hey, ask me anything. I'm a you know, New York subway conductor. And mm-hmm. they were like, you know what? This doesn't belong here. Create your own subreddit. And the AMA, all that nomenclature was created by users, like the hashtag. Like we didn't, Steve and I didn't invent that. Right. It happened organically. And the best AMAs, I'll tell you, my grandpa does not have a lot of Twitter followers. Does not. I, he has actually zero. Uh, if he went on Twitter and said, I have some amazing stories to tell, Odds are no one would ask him a question. No, because of the nature of On the... Facebook, no one would ask. Yeah. What's cool is the best AMAs, I, I, I say with all due respect to present company, uh, the best AMAs come from people who are just like, I'm a New York subway conductor, or I am like a trauma nurse who's been doing this for 30 years. Like They are just normal people who don't have any kind of celebrity, not even like internet celebrity. They're just people with great stories. And, and I like that because it's, I mean, it's the nature of the internet. Uh, there are people all over who have had great stories, who have had, who would have been great interview subjects. Larry King obviously can't take the time to interview all of them. Right. But we have the technology now to allow people to just ask these questions of, of anyone who wants to get up and talk. And uh, and it's it's just it's very cool. I do I I love the uh, I love the Reddit community. I've been a part of it for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, I, I had and been you're a, good at it. <laughs> I'm okay at it. Yeah. I still feel like I get. Sometimes uh, I get sucked into things that I shouldn't get sucked into. I'm getting a lot better about that. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I'd, I've been aware of Reddit for more than three years. But it was, um, but uh, my girlfriend Chloe had really like she was a big redditor, and she was like, 
you know, she's on it constantly. And she has so great taste. I got sucked in, and so she had me do an AMA almost three years ago, and, and it was great. That was because of her? It was because of her. Can, yeah. I, can I send her, like, a swag bag or some nice little thank you for that? Sure, I'm sure she, she would. Okay. Sure she we're going to appreciate that. that. Oh, we, she, we'll well, sort that out. All right, spoiler. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you're going to get that. That's really awesome. Yeah, and Damn. so, huh. you know, and, and a bunch of my other friends of Redditors, Will Wheaton, and, you know, like, people who... Oh, yes. Who really modeled d- my beard after him. <laughs> oh, no. That is, yeah. a, that is a very... It's a Wheaton-esque beard. I would have said Wheatonian. Wheatonian, ah, touche. Um, but, yeah. um, but I do feel that, you know, at midnight, uh, has, and, and this may, you know, I, I'm not trying to offend any Redditors by saying this, but I feel like spiritually it's red, like, it, it kind of like Reddit the show, mm-hmm. in the sense that we're sort of finding things that are kind of popping up on the surface of a lot of different communities mm-hmm. and then we're commenting on it and we, we you know we have got, I have gotten I've, I have the you know, like most people are very nice about it but but the kind of snipes that I get on Reddit sometime like well, what are you going to rip off Reddit now and it's like well, we're not ripping it off it's, it's like saying that's like saying uh, you know John Stewart's ripping off politics it's like mm-hmm. this is just the source material yeah. and then we're adding commentary the way you would as a commenter on a Reddit thread mm-hmm. we're not just showing stuff and going Look what we found. All right, here's another thing we found. Like, it's with any kind of, you know, satire show, it's like this is the source material, and then we add our comments to it. Like, mm-hmm. we add our commentary and see what, what builds from there. And that, to me, is sort of the soul of Reddit. It's like, what are people going to do with this, and how mm-hmm. is it going to evolve, and where are they going to go, and how's this thread going to turn into a weird, slightly related meme and then just go into something else completely because everyone's one-upping each Piling other on. with jokes. Yeah. And, and, and actually, similar to Reddit, you guys also have a point system that is utterly meaningless. <laughs> I, I was thinking, I was like, you are very generous with your points. I am. but you Very know, generous. But what happens is that... Um, I do give it a lot of points on the yeah. show, but you know we we take a we take a basically what's a 35 to 38-minute show and edit it to 21 minutes. <laughs> and so... More often than not, we're going to keep the best stuff. Right. So stuff that maybe doesn't get points, it was probably didn't get points for a reason. And uh, so we don't keep it on the, you know, like we, okay. d- we don't right. want to sacrifice good comedy to show, a, you know, like something that didn't fly. Uh, we do sometimes. Or, well, yeah, I see what you mean. Because pro- there are probably instances where someone should not get points because it's bad, but somehow it becomes so funny that it's worth keeping. There's kind of a weird, there. I don't really have a hard and fast rule about it it's just that if in in very few cases i will not award points even if the audience laughs if it's something like someone took a shot at harry potter and i was like fuck you no points wow uh even though the audience laughed but in general if i laugh it'll get points if the audience laughs it'll get points (laughs) if it's something that seems relevant in some way or just felt like oh they went a little extra with it and even though it may not have been hilarious yeah I'm going to give them points for the effort. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, because I, I feel and, you know, one thing that I liked about Reddit from early on is that um, it, it, in most cases it feels inclusive. Now, there are and that's how I like to conduct things. I like mm-hmm. I like everyone to feel included mm-hmm. as opposed to like, no, fuck you. Ed, I'm, you know, this is our thing. Fuck you. That's your thing. Mm-hmm. I do find sometimes, you know, uh, on Reddit that it can be. A little exclusive in certain in certain mm-hmm. areas, but that's just you know, that's just the nature of that's just the nature of <laughs> nerds congregating. I mean, it's it's crazy, right? There's a there's about 110 million people every month visiting Reddit, uh, which is mind blowing to me, right? Like I live in New York, and there's eight million people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a lot of New York cities, um, and so with a half a million communities, it really runs the gamut. I mean, you you know, 
I think once anything reaches a certain scale, whether it's YouTube comments, whether it's, I mean, Twitter comments at, at a certain scale, you're going to get just, you know, assholes. Yeah. Uh, I think what hopefully, I think what hopefully shines more often than not. And I know at least just based on, you know, the, the, the sort of stuff that Reddit deals with today, um, the vast majority of content posted there ends up being pretty benign or pretty positive. Um, but this is the nature of a, you know, of a new world where like for better or for worse, anyone with a smartphone or a computer can talk. And I love, I mean, I, I, I think things like, oh, whose show is it with celebrities reading mean tweets? Sakimo. Like, like brilliantly done. Uh, and I think a way to hopefully, I don't know, I, I, to hopefully prepare people for the fact that like, yeah, you have this power, but with it, like uncle Ben said, comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm, I totally agree. I think there's, there's so many more opportunities now than ever for us to communicate and share an idea. I hope more often than not, we choose to exercise that for good. At the end of the day, I I wish I could control people, but I cannot. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I think it's, I think dissenting opinions are good. Hmm. Uh, I, I just find, Sometimes the people that can be most frustrating are just flat out rude. And then when you challenge them, they're like, you can't handle the truth. I was like, no, you're just a dick. <laughs> if, you, if you said it positively yeah. and constructively. Yeah. But, you know, but that's, but that's the idea of like, well, anyone can say whatever they want. And that's just the melting pot of, you know, that's how some people communicate. But I also find that um, it's, it's like the smaller subreddits, um, there's just there's a little more social policing with that stuff because mm-hmm. people feel a little more accountable with the large mm-hmm. ones like yes. our videos, our pics, our funny, you know, yeah. like it you, gets that that's where that's where you see more of the deluge of that because it's just, just so it's just, the numbers are greater. It looks like it looks like YouTube comments. It looks like all those. Yeah. And and it sucks. Uh, I wonder. I think this is something I've, I've thought about a lot because it's clear you know, even with, you know, Facebook's obviously made a huge push for real ID, for your photo, for your real name. It's the only way you use the site. But it's clear that even having your real name and your photo and like your mother reading your Facebook post, people will still be awful. They will. But I do honestly believe that a, a percentage of people would be less awful if they felt that they were accountable for their... I mean, for me... Look, it's fine. Post anonymously. That's totally cool. But for me personally, mm-hmm. I never do. Mm-hmm. I like being responsible mm-hmm. for myself. I mean, I like, I like being accountable for what I say because I feel like it kind of keeps me in check. And I think, that's, I think that's good for our culture to be accountable for what you say. I think it's good to learn to be accountable for what you say because ultimately it just makes you more compassionate and empathetic to people. I totally agree. I, I will say, though, one can be accountable for a pseudonym, right? There is a difference between totally anonymous posting yes. and pseudonymous, pseudonymous, pseudonymous posting, yes. right? Like fluffy bunny 26 or I'm, I'm nothing on Reddit can zero thing. Right. Um, uh, or, you know, most, a lot of people on Twitter are under pseudonyms, um, allows people to be accountable to a username, but still be a little liberated. I mean, the things I see all the time, um, you know, you see a, a subreddit like, um, our rainbow, which is just rainbow with the slash in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, you see these stories of people who are able to have discussions pseudonymously uh, that they could never have about their sexuality on Facebook. Totally agree. Because of their community. I completely uh, and, agree. And it's a gift and a curse, right? That I, I think... I guess it's just when you're using it as a weapon. Right. It's, like, it's awful. It's awful. But, yes. if you're, but if you're using it to get in touch with yourself, yeah, and like, like in terms of our rainbow, that's... Yeah. 
that is that's such a powerful tool that you know that a lot of those a lot of those people just wouldn't have had ten years ago. And yeah. then how do they how do they feel accepted and normal? Yeah, and and so it's like I said, it's uh, like all these things. These communi- communication platforms are all tools, and I do think the more accountability, the better. Uh, and and it's like. I, I am the eternal optimist, and I see so many of these things happening all the time, not just on Reddit, but all over the internet, that give me so much hope for, you know, and even uh, and one of the OGs, right? Tim Berners-Lee did an amazing AMA talking <laughs> about what he had in mind for the World Wide Web. And the vision he had and all of his brilliance all those years ago is starting to bear fruit because of social media and because we are, like, someone is empowered now. Every one of us has a printing press or a television station or whatever you want to use for the metaphor. And they're able to have a voice where they traditionally would have been voiceless and they're able to express themselves and be and, and be creative and, and show off an amazing piece of my little Warhammer fan heart, which is yeah. another amazing subreddit um, that they wouldn't have before and connect with other fans of my little Warhammer. Like that's cool and amazing. And above all, I, I would love for everyone to treat the Internet and their use of it just like they would themselves in real life. They would they would behave with just as much responsibility as they would in real life. And like I said, ultimately I can't control people. Um, but I see so many examples of the good that I know, look, it's, there's a good and a bad. And I, I still feel like the good will win because I, there is more of it. In I like to, I like to think that too. I really do like to think that I, I just, I think part of the interesting dichotomy of how people interact on the, uh, on, uh, on the internet and communities is <laughs> that, um, the the spiritually you're interacting with other humans, mm-hmm. but um, practically you're interfacing with a cold, sterile text. machine yeah. and text. Yeah. And so you you are you are connecting with people on some level. But it would be really great if mm. the communal um, if, if if the digital highways if there was just a way to make it a little more human, so that you so that people do remember like you are communicating with other humans, yeah. you know, uh, as opposed to. You know what just feels like? Oh, this is. A, I mean, there's a whole generation of people that just you know don't really take a lot of it seriously because they know like, oh, it's just the internet, mm-hmm. you know. And then there's then there's me who re- very much remembers before oh, the yeah. internet. Me too. And so it you know it was a learning curve to not take things so personally mm-hmm. because you know text they, like someone can just fire off text in an in, a, in a, an emotional moment and then a minute later they'll be like, wait, what I say now? Like they just don't even. Yeah. But you like. It's a snapshot of how they were feeling in a moment, but you could take that as, oh, this is a universal truth that they're trying to lay out, and I take it very personally, and why would they, you know, as opposed to just like, eh, it's the internet. Well, and, and now celebrity, I mean, like, you're a real capital C celebrity. Celebrity is now also being distributed, right? There's a, I mean, there are Vine stars with 5 million followers who are in their teens. Like, Absolutely. They didn't have to get signed. They didn't have to go through a production. Like, they are just now celebrities. I mean, mm-hmm. let's say lowercase, we can dispute it, but like, they have a following. They're, people are paying them lots of money to endorse stuff. Um, there's no blueprint for this. And, and I, I wonder, and I, you know, I got my dial up, my 33.6 in middle school changed my life. But I remember, like, I, I remember that transition and I, you know, I grew up on message boards and forms. That's how I learned how to code and, and build websites. Um, and I would trick nonprofits because uh, they didn't know I was a, just like a, a, a pubescent teenager in my parents' house. Uh, and I would build websites for them for free just because I wanted the experience and like for the pride. But they didn't know I was a teenager, right? And that was the gift of hiding behind an email address. I never had to meet them and say, hey, let me build you a website. You know, <laughs> uh, I was able to just type. And they, they judged me based on my work. Um, and I... I, it, it, it's going to be really, really interesting. And like I said, I am, I am forever the optimist, but I just, 
I look out and I see so many more people now who have access, right? It used to be such a limited number of people who had access to knowledge and a stage. I, I use the um, library stage metaphor all the time for the internet, right? So many people wanted access to the best education in the world but couldn't get it because of, well, all the reasons, money, uh, selection, all that stuff. Knowledge is now being widely distributed. If you want to be an expert at knitting or Python or soft scrambling eggs, like yeah. those tutorials are there. And you can make a better one. If that recipe is good but not great, great. Improve it. Make it better. Um, and knowledge is becoming a sort of almost trivial thing to access for people with internet connection. And then the stage to show it off, you know, the distribution required lots of capital and lots of access before to get an idea, right? You needed to have the printing facility or the television station or the radio station. And now it's anyone. And I look at all the things we've gotten, all the things that we love uh, that make our lives better in culture and technology. And you remember that like only a small percentage of the world's population could actually really contribute their genius to that progress. Like so many people were cut out because of yep. all kinds of bullshit, societal, other reasons. And the internet's not like a magic wand, but without a doubt, we're seeing more and more people now getting access. And I think we're now going to benefit from the best ideas from so many more people, yes. whether it's in business or nonprofits or like what's a niche, like, like esports is a really niche thing, but like that whole thing didn't even exist. And people are making careers out of not only playing video games, but talking about them. Well, the most obvious, the most obvious example of that is the entertainment business where mm -hmm. there used to basically just essentially be four people who mm -hmm. would decide, you know, four people in television, mm -hmm. like four people in music. Yeah. Four people in film and all old white would, dudes who would yeah exactly yeah. who would, all old white dudes named Lou yeah. <laughs> who would uh, who would decide mm -hmm. you 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 okay that's it there's no yeah. more and Go then home. basically that's those were the choices that we had and now you know that model is completely flipped. I mean I I talk about this um, I talk about this a lot with people where you know I, I try to say like do you really grasp the power of Reddit or YouTube or Twitter. Like, mm -hmm. I, I know that we all kind of go, yeah, you know, people can post whatever they want, but I go, but do you really stop and understand mm -hmm. that you could, in a moment, with no boundaries anymore, completely change the world with an idea or, a, you know, something that's socially relevant or something comedic or something dramatic or, like, just in an instant. And that was never possible in the history of mankind uh. except for just this last little chunk of humanity. And that, to me, is so incredibly powerful. And, of course, the, the ironic comedy part is, you know... It, it, when I talk about that, I always go. It's just it's funny when you. But then when you look at the comment threads, like <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't always expect world changing <laughs> ideas. You gotta gotta set expectations low. But but ultimately, oh. but ultimately, it, it you know, the the exchange of ideas, of power ideas, and and but then also it's is very dangerous, very very mm. dangerous. Like mm. particularly, you know, it, because you never know which way the school of fish are going to swim. And, you know, mm -hmm. watching what happened with Reddit and the Boston bombing mm -hmm. and, and people got very, you know, their intentions were very good. Mm -hmm. We're going to help find these people. We can help find these sure. people. And then it not really working out exactly the way that they had planned. And then it's like, oh, shit, we have a tremendous amount of power. Now we have a tremendous amount of responsibility. How do we balance these things and make sure that we're using it properly and not just going off half-cocked half because we're kind of drunk on this idea of, like, we could change everything. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, that 
That was a really unfortunate situation. Uh, and, and since that happened, you know, Reddit has taken very active measures to basically curb any sorts of these hunts should they bubble up. I mean, sure. as, as best you can, you know, in real time, monitor half a million communities with millions right. of people. But, um, and it's, it's actually, it, it, you know, not long after that bombing, there was, um, there was another unfortunate attack and the FBI was looking for people. And, um, and, and it, was, it was very encouraging to see that, you know, those millions of people who use Reddit had sort of learned their lesson and it didn't happen again. Um, You know, the challenge is also that, you know, that was in particular a really, that was a thread on a particular subreddit that then got validated by journalists who tweeted it. The New York times did a good breakdown of the whole thing. Um, What is so troubling now is we have this, we still haven't figured out like so much of the news world is still built, which is such a vital role is still built around delivering news first, being fastest, right? You would race your trucks down to get the satellite equipment up and report on the story. And they were built to be as fast as possible and beat their competitors in terms of speed. And now we have these tools that allow either a journalist to just hit out a tweet and say, hey, check out this thread. I think Reddit figured it out. But also allows any one of us to just be on the scene, right? Being first is no longer... the News organizations will never beat the internet and all of us with smartphones as being first to report on something. There was a dude, there was a dude in Pakistan who live-tweeted the, the Bin Laden raid. I mean, that was... Uh, he didn't know what he was doing at the time, but, like, that's the future we're living in. Well, yeah, and, and, and how many times have you seen something really quickly and then just, like, tweeted it or retweeted it and you go, oh, that, oh, that's... I better let people know. And then you realize, like, that was a hoax whoops. or that was dumb yeah. or whoops. And it, I mean, but, J- Jimmy does a great job with this, uh, faking out those um, prank videos with like, right. the girl on fire. Like, and this is – and I, I don't have an answer for this because, again, on the one hand, it's great. Any one of us can sort of contribute to the knowledge, can report on a thing that is happening. Um, on the other hand, like the way journalism works is that we know like this is a trusted source. And, yes, journalists have gotten it wrong. They're humans, right? Of course. But like there is a standard that they're held to. There is like an expectation. And – we now have a ton of noise, and we have traditional ways of sort of figuring out the signal. But even those people, even those journalists and those organizations are feeling the pressure of, like, got to be first. Got to be – got to gotta, gotta well, do this. That's, and, un- that's unfortunately – oh, I'm sorry. I mean to cut you off. No, but I – like – and so I don't have an answer because we need – I mean, a, this democracies don't work without great press and, and great journalism. And we don't have – I don't think we've yet figured out how to balance, how to reconcile all of that access to knowledge, all that access to sort of real-time reporting. And that's not journalism, but it's like reporting, like, here's what's happening, click, photo, um, with the fact that we need people to tell us, like, this is actually, this is what's happening. Here's the broader context. Like, this is the truth right. instead of just, oh, here's something we saw. But I can't help but wonder if it has something to do, with, and, and I'm not like, um, I don't know, this might make me sound crazy, but... Uh, I kind of wonder, at least with news, mm. if it has to do with sort of like capitalism. Because ultimately, mm. they are company – like a news organization, they do serve the news. But that's not necessarily their primary directive. Their primary directive is that they're a business that they have yeah. to scale and grow. And, and, so, and the news is the, is, the, is the engine that drives that. Mm. And so when, when, when that is happening, mm. then the fuel is we have to have um, quicker stories, mm. bigger stories – and a lot of bigger stories usually involve fear-based stories because yeah. that gets people to, you know, like are you would you are you more inclined to watch the news and go, you know, hey, uh, seventy-two and sunny, great day today, and nothing really bad, or, or are you more inclined to like 
the uh, the grapes in your grocer's refrigerator might kill you. Oh fuck! I gotta watch. You know, yeah. like there's. I feel like there's so much fear mongering that happens. Not that there aren't horrible things in the world, but I mean, some some things. You know, I do feel get sort of skewed in that direction because they have to service these these financial infrastructures. And and I feel like that's kind of where the the audiences and the consumers get fucked a little bit mm. because you know each of these organizations has a little bit of bias. They have a little. Mm. They kind of have their own agenda, and mm. their agenda isn't necessarily to. And I don't know if there is an unbiased way to deliver the news. I, because it, by nature, gonna, the fact that anyone's tells reporting you something, it, it's going to be if from a their humans point of view. reporting it. Yeah, I think I think what folks like so robots. what's interesting. What robots? Oh yes, yeah. Robots are always the solution. Robot news. Uh, robot news, of course, will eventually one day. Enslave or us. The Lambiosaurus news? Uh, you know, the Lambiosaurus is the greatest dinosaur ever, yes. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. I don't know if it's capable of doing real good journalism. Okay. Well, That's, I, I, it's going to make him very, very unpopular. i to hear you of all people say Very that. unpopular. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, the, the thing I hope fi- we figure out, like Vice in a lot of their reporting have done this kind of like that gonzo journalism where they are like – they're giving you everything. The journalist is like, I'm really scared right now. They are in it. Sometimes they're tripping on drugs, but like they are doing some really impressive journalism in places where I feel like we don't get a lot of exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to be one front for like how you could maybe think about it for uh, at least video news, but it's not, it's not real time. And I think what more and more people who spend more and more t- on more and more time online are realizing is that what we're looking for is not objectivity, but it's transparency. It's 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 this it's this acknowledgement that like anyone reporting on anything, even when it was like Cronkite or Murrow, like they had an agenda, they had a perspective. And yes, they did. They were amazing journalists and amazing reporters, but they weren't objective. I mean, they were people. Sure. And and I think it's more of a concession that like the new face of it is going to be you know a little bit more. I don't know. There, there's more of a concession that, like, you know what? This is how we're seeing the world. This is this, this is the perspective. We can't. We acknowledge we can't totally give you unbiased news unless it's like a very, very fact-based sort of headline-driven thing. And so it's about acknowledging those biases. Um, but I don't know if there is. I don't know if there is a business model. Um, oh well, there. Is, okay. So I'm um, uh, through Y Combinator, uh, and then also as an investor, there's a startup, full disclosure, that I invested in uh, called Beacon, mm-hmm. which is doing. Sort of like a Patreon style model of a subscription model for journalism. So if you pay five dollars a month, you get access to the entire network of Beacon journalists. Um, but you can also specifically target for journalists writing on certain beats. So they had some. They had a, I think it was a couple of women who were fundraising for reporting on the prison system, which is horribly screwed up in this country. The, the prison industrial complex is ridiculous, and their thinking is. People are going to want to put money towards – investigative journalism is the hardest to fund because it's ongoing. You can't do a Kickstarter campaign for investigative journalism. <laughs> it's, it's also sort of the least sexy because it's, it, it's going to take a month to do a ton of research. But right. what you get out of it could be world-changing. Um, but it's so vital. And ostensibly, we all believe like, yes, should we have journalists who are investigating our government or our businesses or whatever? And, and the answer is yes. And so the thinking goes, well, if it can be a subscription model – People will feel – I mean ask my dad why he still subscribes to the Baltimore Sun. And I'm like, dad, I love you. But like really? And he's like, because I believe in this institution and the people who work there to do the journalism they're doing. And I'm like, you don't even read – you read one article online every day. Why are you subscribing to the paper? And it's like it's the principle of it. I want, it, I want to know that it exists and it is there. And so I took that apart from the fact that he gets dead trees sent to him every day. And I'm like, well, the dead tree part isn't that important. It's, it's that he's funding journalism that makes him feel like it's making Baltimore and the surrounding area a better place to live. 
expensive. And so that's why the Beacon model appeared, appealed to me. And I, I hope we can figure that part of it out because you're not going to get good journalism without funding. I mean, there's the nonprofit route, like The Guardian, right? If you find enough money, if you can get a trust, you can have nonprofit journalism. Um, but the business model is always going to be there unless we find a way that's not based on advertising, uh, not based on the headlines and getting page views. Yeah. Uh, but I don't have a good answer for that. I mean, I don't know if this is something Nerdist wants to tackle. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fate of our free democracy here at State. Well, so. and that, that's interesting is that, that there is that sort of um – there is that sort of like microcapitalist structure of the currency of points and karma yeah. and attention and you know and also individuals. It's it's first, you know. It's 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 firsties. <laughs> oh man, it's worst firsties. comment ever. It's, it's firsties culture. Whoever does that, stop. Just stop. <laughs> uh. And you usually usually don't quite get it. Yeah, yeah. No, they it's never usually get it. like the third it's one. The third one. <laughs> but um, but 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 ultimately, it is because. We crave attention and we crave validation and, yeah. you know, especially with the internet, you know, knowledge, information is the currency. And so that is how people establish significance, you know. Mm-hmm. And certainly I think – I mean I get in this argument all the time where people, when people say to me like, you're not a nerd, you're not a nerd, you know. And I go, you know – Why do they say that? I don't know because they think I don't – Because of your rugged good looks? It's I'll say it. rugged I'll say good it. looks. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I think I think just because I look like Seacrest, and so I think they no. they just sort of go. You know, well, you can't you can't be that, or you know. And I, I was not a comic book guy growing up. I was a tech guy and a sci fi guy and a video mm-hmm. game guy growing up, and and so I, you know, I don't know why. I think they just don't. Whatever, whatever it is, you know, maybe they're right, maybe they're not. I don't know, but I feel like it's not about the superficial things that people consume. I feel like it doesn't matter if you read comic books or you know, like how deep the trench goes for your sci-fi viewing or how many you know, how many Ray Bradbury books you've read. And I think it's I think it's a way that we process information, mm-hmm. and I think the way that nerds and ultimately the soul of the internet processes information is I'm going to understand this thing more than any other living creature, and then I'm going to use that information against you. <laughs> oh, and, and, you know, man. it's like yeah. It's Sort of, it's the no, it's the knowledge is is power, yeah. but not, like power with a capital P and power. The word power is throbbing, <laughs> you know. Like it's that it's that kind of it's that kind yeah, of thing. And, and so that's not like a good look. We use that, you know. Yeah. Like we use that. It's very empowering to be the mm. person who delivers bad news or tells someone else that their thing is wrong or goes, mm. you know, you're dumb and here's why. Like there is that we we are there is that sort of drunkenness on that on that kind of power that I think you know. We all have now as being mm-hmm. a part of this, you know, mega community of of internet culture. Can I can I use your platform for for something? Please, Just a little try to. All right, so how about this? What if I don't know if you've ever dared your listeners? What if everyone right now listening to this goes and leaves a positive or uplifting comment somewhere on the internet on a stranger? Not you can't just go to your like mom's Facebook page and be like, I love you, mom. You're great. No, you should do that somewhere. anyway. You should do that anyway. Yeah, but but everyone pays it forward. Yeah, we can. Ha- we, we I know you're not supposed to create a hashtag. Uh, what would we? I, we need it. We need a good hashtag for this. I guess you tweet your hashtag ideas at us. But uh, pay it forward slash? No, I don't know. Um, uh, say good shit. Yeah. Hashtag good karma. Hashtag. You know, Will uh, Wheaton's nice. got the perfect. Don't oh. be a dick. But yes, he does. Although, although, but don't be a dick doesn't necessarily mean going out and doing something good. Right. This is this is yeah, that's more like just don't be a jerk. This is go. This go is very this. proactive. Leave a positive comment on some strangers. Uh, whatever. Whatever social media you want to use. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just say something nice. Say find something, something nice. Because ultimately I do believe. It feels really good. I do, I do believe that in most cases, um, you know, you could look at anything, mm-hmm. any object, any event, anything. Not, I mean, obviously there are exceptions. <laughs> but, in, but in most cases, you can look at things and you can write down five positive things about it and five negative things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's, ch- it's more challenging a lot of times to find the positivity in things because 
in general, we're scared, insecure. We feel bad about ourselves. We, yeah. we, we expect defeat. You Dude. know, keep the bar low, you know. And, and, and let me go further. I, I think we talked earlier about how uh, media in all of its forms were, you know, controlled by a few people. And I'm talking about media like uh, music and film, but even, even press media. Um, you had limited access to disseminating ideas. And the people who could disseminate ideas, I could throw governments in there too. Governments, large businesses, uh, advertisers, all those people. Um, it was in their best interest to make us afraid of one another. It was, in our, it was in their best interest if they were trying to sell us deodorant to make us think if we didn't buy their deodorant, no one would go out with us. Right. Or if, they didn't elect, if we didn't elect them, something awful would happen. Right. Or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It, it has always been in people with power's best interest to make everyone else feel worried about one another or skeptical of one another. So when you're sitting on the subway with them, you're, you're, you're worrying about that thing. You're, you're, you're worried about the deodorant you're wearing or you're worried about just what they might do to you or whatever. Um, what I hope comes out of the fact that like, we've, sort of, we, we've essentially democratized this ability to communicate is that we can start to dispel some of this. Because I really, like, I really do think most people are reasonable people. And reasonable people never got platform. No one, no one wrote the headline news of, like, father of four goes home and spends time with his family. Exactly. Like, that, that stuff never spread. That never showed. And now even a subtle, you know, even a subtle Instagram photo that goes viral of a couple of dads brushing their teeth with their kids um, makes people think, like, huh, that's... That's, that's a normal thing that happens in the world. And for some people, that starts to chip away at a perception of how they sort of have believed the world is. And I, I know I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about this stuff just, I guess, by my nature. But I do, think, I do think there are ways to turn the tide on this because I've just – and it, it is not exclusive to Reddit. It is all over the internet. I see people doing things for total strangers that – I didn't think would have been possible. Like mm -hmm. I didn't think someone would want to gift someone a pizza just because they had a bad day. Yeah. But I also wouldn't think that like, you know, uh, a bunch of people could start a, a Twitter hashtag campaign to fundraise to help uh, a little girl get a prosthetic arm that they didn't know. Like right. they didn't need that. Someone just had an idea and it, it spun out. And, and I think people have always craved this. We want to feel like we're part of a community, whether we go to religious groups or whether we find community in whatever it is. But like the internet is a chance for us to see that like there's a much bigger world out there that actually is full of other people who are just as insecure and normal and weird and like, you know, Warhammer, My Little Pony, like we do. And, and I hope, I mean, I'm not getting all kumbaya. There's obviously lots of shit going on in the world, but like. I really hope that's what comes out of this, um, and it's going to be because of this Nerdist campaign we just started here today. <laughs> well, I think I think it's uh, I, uh, number one. I agree, uh, but number but number two, I, I really think that there's a fundamental thing about humanity, and maybe for some people it's spiritual, but in other cases, I think it might actually just be fundamentally biological about the way that we evolved. But I think you really do. There is something you feel your molecules align when you feel like you're contributing to something yeah. that's bigger than you are. Yes. And, you know, for some people that is religion, for some people that can be politics, for some people that can be charity, for some yeah. people it can just be giving a pizza to a guy who had a bad day. Exactly. But ultimately, you know, because it, something – because of the way that, again, that we interface with these machines, we, mm -hmm. we have allowed ourselves to become these isolated bubbles mm -hmm. of – and and so much technology, so many algorithms basically help us create this selfish bubble. Yes, filter bubble. Yeah. You know, there's this there's this old there's this old um, there's this song by uh, Yes, the band Yes, and uh, and one of the lines is don't 
uh, don't surround yourself with yourself. And like that's all we yeah. do. Yeah. I sound like a fucking hippie. But ultimately, <laughs> that's all we do is we surround ourselves with ourselves. Yeah. And so it you know, these are all the things I like, and this is me, and this is, we get very myopic, and then everything's right here, and it's all, uh, everything must be about me. And, you you know, it's important to, to force yourself to step out of that sometimes and go, no, it's fucking not. It's about that guy <laughs> and those people and that kid and that guy and his pizza. Yeah. And and so this is, you know, it's, it is very important, and, and we do focus on the shit a lot, much in the same way that um, I, 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 don't, I don't dislike kids. But I do know that – I don't have any kids, but I do know that my perception of kids is what I see in airports and on planes, which I am in yeah. a lot, okay? I'm only nope. going to notice the ones who are being dicks. Truth. I don't notice, just like the guy going home to the family of four, I yeah. don't notice the good kids because they just blend into the background. Yeah. But there's probably a lot more of them than the loud squeaky wheels, much yeah. like the trolls or much like people who are like, you know, fuck you, this is – this is um, there's a this is a well studied psychological bias that I'm totally blanking on right now, but I took a cog side class in college and it's all flooding back to me. It's totally it's the same same fallacy why uh, whenever people remark uh, how they always forget their umbrella on the days that it rains, it's like no because it was just a non event. The days when it wasn't raining or the days <laughs> that it was raining, you had your umbrella. You were just like do 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 umbrella great life's great, but it's it's those moments that stand out. Like you said, the, the kids screaming on the plane, uh, and I hope I mean it's tough, right? Humans, we're not. We're, we're smart at a lot of stuff. We're also really stupid with a lot of stuff and how we sort of process and understand the world uh, and evaluate things like risk and all this stuff. But I want to – I really want to believe that this stuff can win, that the good stuff can win because there's so many of us. And now for the first time, we all have an ability – we all have a platform. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it, it all starts here, frankly. And this is going to – history will look back on this podcast and realize mm-hmm. this was a seminal moment. The problem is we're missing a really snazzy name for it. And a mascot. And a mascot. I mean, you're talking Reddit, Hitmonk. Like, I, everything I do, Brad Pig, all I draw mascots for them. <laughs> you got, got an to. alien. You got, got the Hitmonk. Like, you, yeah. you need, like, we need, we need something. We need hmm. something. I think someone from uh, Team Nerdist, someone in the, in the Nerdist community is going to come up with some ideas. I feel like it should be me. I feel a lot of responsibility yeah. that it should be me. Yeah. So the idea being that, we, that you go on once – is it once a day or you just go on right now? Ooh, let's do that once – no, let's make it consistent. I mean once a day, once a week. Once a day. I'm just not asking too much, right? It's not that you – know, like I think the, the potential problem with that is that some people could you – know, like, you know, people don't tend to look at things. They, can't, they don't really compartmentalize things a day at a time. So sometimes mm. people go, I got to do this 365 times. So yeah. Like, yeah, well, technically you do. Yeah. But don't, <laughs> don't think of it like don't that. Don't take it all on. You know, yeah. Don't take the 365 Just minutes all day. on at once. Wait, maybe we should. Oh, I know what we can do. You know, like Throwback Thursday? Of course. Obviously, I, <laughs> let me tell you about how the internet works. <laughs> uh, Your yes. Throwback Thursday reference was actually a throwback. Oh, nice. And yes. today is Thursday. I wish that was so meta. Is that what? I don't even know what day of the week it is. It is great. Thursday. Yeah. Okay, so. What if what if we just in a day where we decide like oh it's too it's it's nice thing nurse day no that there's work. no nurse day we need alliteration here or something um, how we about- can workshop this uh, um, but I like and I'll go even a step further um, so my uh, my buddy Eli who's the founder of Upworthy wrote the book Filter Bubble which was a lot of the stuff you're talking about we as humans like we join bowling leagues. You know, pre-internet, I guess people bold like with people who we got on with oh, who yes. were probably kind of similar to us. Um, and our Twitter follower, the subreddits we subscribe to, the Twitter people we follow, probably things we're into, the Facebook feeds we like. Um, 
and, and one of his best suggestions for dealing with this, that, I mean, it, it's not the most like, like creative, but it's actually the only one I've found that works, is just following people who you just wouldn't otherwise follow. So every couple of days on Instagram or Twitter, I'll just randomly follow some people. And I'm subscribed to subreddits like our black ladies, which I am just to be clear for anyone listening, I'm not a black lady. No. Um, but by, by dipping into these communities and these feeds, and I mean, like I'll get a, I'll every now and then see a tweet from Carl Rove, and I'm like, why the fuck am I, oh, right. But it's like, okay, I guess, you know, I, I have decided to open up a bit, and, and it gives me sort of a broader sense of how the world is looking. Uh, Which is smart, because again, you, when you surround yourself with stuff that's just your own bubble, you're essentially going to spend the rest of your life just trying to feed things that you already believe, yeah. even if those things might evolve or change or might not even be true. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I think that's why you see a lot of people, like a lot of older people, you're like, did they go crazy? Yes, did I they know. go fucking crazy? It's just like, no, because they went down a path and they started piece by piece just sort of building this kind of weird hive uh, around themselves. Yeah. And then all of a sudden at a certain point, they just don't have the energy anymore to look outside that, that bubble. Dude, that is, that is the thing that terrifies me about getting old. I hope we're going to be different because we have so much access to so many different viewpoints. I think It would be a tragedy I, if we fucked that up. I think, I think the idea of old is when you cease to devote energy to experiencing new things. That's good. When you really good. when you have decided like I don't have time or energy for these new things, I don't want them anymore, I don't have the emotional energy to expend on it, it's not worth it. Then I think that's when you really start to get old because mm. ultimately that's, you know, when a flower says, I don't need any more sun or fertilizer, it's like, well, then there's really only one place to go. Yeah. Uh, so you you know, you can be 92 mm. but still experience new things and still not technically be old. Even if your body is, hopefully I'll be up in the matrix by then. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're kind of hoping for you're you're, <laughs> you're kind of hoping for the transhumanist. I'm not, uh, I mean, event horizon. I'm not betting on the whole Kurzweil singularity thing, but it would. I mean, as far as like futurists go, I'm happy he's on the sort of like optimistic side instead of like, hey, nuclear annihilation or robot enslavement. <laughs> like, I'm happy it's that one, but uh, not, not. What are not some of your other? What are what are some of your favorite subreddits? Oh man, uh, how do you choose? Oh, so ask our. So I'm a history major, mm-hmm. which is very atypical. Uh, state school, UVA, Wahoo, Wah, history major. That's where I met Steve. Um, he was a CS major. So he's the brains, the operation. Uh, I ask historians is one of my favorites because it makes me smarter, or at least I feel like it. And you know that if I if I go a little deeper in that, then obviously yeah, you got to give love to ask science. Um, but then there's just random stuff like are mildly interesting. Yes, that one's come up a lot between me and my friends and like the email list every now and then. Um, uh, our woe dude is great, especially when I'm here in California because it is such a progressive state uh, regarding their marijuana laws. Jeez. Our space porn. Yes. That's a great one. It's a safe for work porn site. Let me be very clear. People sharing photos of space. Beautiful high res stuff. Great desktop wallpaper. I don't know. I should look. I like misleading thumbnails. Ooh. Do you play 50 50? You know, (laughs) Chloe plays 50 50 a lot. I'm just too. I don't have the. I'm too too afraid of the dark 50. Yeah. Nope. Uh, Nope. Mm -mm. Yeah. I really. Mm -mm. I I, I enjoy the wins, but I take the losses too hard. Yep. Yeah. So that one's real tough for me emotionally. Um, Can't deal with that one. I love our obscure media. I think that's maybe one of my favorites. Obscure media. Basically, just directs you to you know. Um, here's a you know here's a weird Alf commercial from 1984, 
and it or or like you know here's the Spider-Man TV movie from nineteen you know from like the, the mid the mid seventies uh, and and it or here's a super trippy KFC ad from nineteen sixty three like it's just it know. literally just I've just explained to the audience what yeah. obscure media is but it is literally it was, obscure yeah. media. Um, what's the one channel? Dinosaurs fucking trucks. Yes. Um, dra- no dragons, dragons fucking fuck dragons not dinosaurs trucks. yeah dragons yeah. dragons fucking trucks Man. Um, those are good <laughs> o- old school cool is great if you haven't seen that one I wow you were schooling me about just that's, there's half a million of these okay, great so old, old pictures of cool. like oh these you know just these are oh, just like here's my grandpa yes, who's a boss yes, yes okay, or you know I here's some kids yeah. playing in a fire hydrant in Brooklyn in 1954 yes, and yes. everyone just looks fucking so cool awesome. yeah yeah so that's a good one I like those I'm gonna have to subscribe yeah there's I, and as a obviously as a cat owner, our um, slash cats is good. I've actually gone there for cat advice, uh, just because you know I was a little worried about my. We talked earlier about my cat's weight. Um, I was teaching her how to sit. I was really proud of this, but every time I would sort of encourage her with a treat, and then I bring her to the vet. The vet's like, she's fat. Way to go. Way to go. <laughs> and I can't even blame it. I can't be like, yeah, I shouldn't have left the Snickers in the house because like she's a cat. Like I am fully responsible for feeding her, and I've. I screwed up. What's one of the things mm. that you, it's like? Oh. I, I I interviewed George Lucas one time, and and I was sort of fascinated by the idea that he created this thing mm. that no matter what it no matter what it was to him, it's not his anymore. No, no it's it not. belongs to the it belongs to the world. Yeah, and he might say things about it, and people go. No, 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 no. Nope, and he's like, I created the thing. Yeah. They go, no, fuck you. That's not what it is. <laughs> so there must be stuff like that with Reddit. Mm. So you know, what are some of the what are some of the positive things that you've seen, and what are some of the things where you're like, yeah, I don't know. There's this one aspect that may, I didn't foresee that maybe I could do without. You know, that's interesting. I can't believe you're. I can't believe I'm just compared to George Lucas. Uh, well, you created it. I mean, look, you created, you co-created well, a thing that is is as impactful, actually more impactful because. Of because the, the prequels change. were so bad. Oh yes. Well, <laughs> well, and and let's. I mean, keep in mind, right? Like we built the way Steve and I always thought about it was like we were gonna. I mean, it's forum software. At the end of the day, we grew up on web forums. We didn't invent the forum. We just built a really good platform for communities to share links and have discussions. Um, we, we thought of it like we're gonna build the best like sort of community printing press that we can, where anyone can take a stab at you know using this printing press. Um, I think what you know Star Wars is awesome as it is is still just you know it is. A bunch of ideas and some content. Um, if you create a platform to create content, you're going to potentially empower. I mean, right? What? what Teach you a man to fish. You know. Yes. And and so and I he mean, catches a gungan. I <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> no, poor gungans. I know. Oh, they didn't have a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> oh, the. I think the thing for me was we had no we had no clue. We never. I mean. The, our expectations were just let's hopefully make this thing work and get like a few hundred people to use the one community we launched with and then get a few more people to use the next. Um, everything on Reddit is people. Like everything on Reddit – like I didn't – like Lucas created an entire canon. Like he set the table with all these things that we've gone and created so much fan fiction and other things for. Like we created a bunch of tools. We basically – you know, if I can stretch this metaphor, like we created the canvas and handed a bunch of brushes or the printing press and handed a bunch of fonts and type and just said go make stuff. So I mean aside from the Reddit alien, like which I love seeing tattooed on people and whatnot, like we can't take credit for anything. Like it was creating these tools and – I don't know how – I wonder how the Twitter guys feel. I mean I would never – I would never think any of that stuff happens because of Reddit because like you hear – like my uh, – uh, um, oh, we're sitting in front of microphones. Like 
uh, it would be just as absurd to give Reddit or Twitter credit as it would be to say, like, you know, uh, the I have a dream speech. That microphone did an amazing job with that speech. <laughs> like, what a great <laughs> microphone. That changed. That set the world on fire. Right. Uh, and, and so I feel the same way. I, I, and, I'm, and that's not just like, it's not some kind of false humility or even genuine. Hum- like, that's just the truth. Like, it, it was an amazing platform that has done really cool stuff. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a microphone. It's, it's a, a microphone that ultimately you've, 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 you've given people. It, it essentially amplifies humanity. Yeah, for better or for worse. And I think, obviously, I can't take credit for humanity. Uh, I will not, will you, not take credit. You sure? I will not. I, I was going to give it to you. I almost came in here ready to do it. But I was like, <laughs> no. Um, but that's how I feel. And so I am, I am looking out at this. For the last nine years, we just had our ninth anniversary, actually, mm-hmm. our ninth birthday. Uh, the first submission Reddit, fun fact, was a link I submitted to the Downing Street memo, uh, which was a more relevant memo back in 2005. And, uh, and Steve promptly downvoted it. So the, first, <laughs> the first vote ever on Reddit was from my best friend and co-founder, and he downvoted my link. And it was just the two of us in this little apartment, so I knew exactly. I was like, really? Really? Really, Steve? He's a dick. That's Sorry, man. Just, yeah, I'm amplifying humanity. I mean, this yeah. is you know this is what the people want. <laughs> so I think uh, I, we knew from the start it would never work unless we had users and gave them these great tools. And and so every, every, the whole way, like Lucas, to his credit, right, actually created. I mean, he borrowed a lot, but and had a lot of help. But he, you know, he created a universe, right? He created all these things. He he put a bunch of things on canvas and then said, "Go, you know, this is no longer mine." The only thing I put on a canvas, or Steve and I put on a canvas, was like the Reddit alien. Um, we, we just handed out those tools and I feel, I feel so much, I don't know. I feel so much joy knowing that it could be a part of this and also be open source. So Reddit's entirely open source. You can go download, it's on GitHub, download Reddit right now, roll your own Reddit, go for it. Um, because what let Steve and I start a startup, none of the other guys, Zuck, Twitter, these guys never talk about this stuff and I wish they did. Not even Zuck. I know, right? <laughs> they, they don't talk about the fact that the reason we could start, Steve and I were two nobodies out of UVA who we raised 12 grand from Y Combinator to live for a summer in Boston. And we built something with our laptops and, you know, like I said, 12 grand in budget that now has 100, 100 million plus users all because of open source software. The cost of starting that was so low because a bunch of people had contributed to this knowledge, contributed, contributed free knowledge to allow us to build on their platforms. And so, you know, a few years in, it was very clear to both me and Steve, the only thing that wasn't open source about Reddit was Reddit itself. And we knew that the value on Reddit, right, the tools we made were only valuable because of the people using it. And so giving those tools out, all, not unlike Tesla opening up their right, patents, right. was actually in our long-term best interests. Make these. Right? Like, go, please spread these ideas. Um, because in the end, we think it's just going to enrich everyone. All, you know, the rising tide lifting all boats. And what's crazy is, you know, Tesla is a for-profit, publicly traded, I am a shareholder company. And everyone's asking me after they do this, like, how altruistic was it? And I'm like, well, why does it have to be mutually exclusive? Why, like, like, why does it have to be either an altruistic thing or a sinister corporate thing? Like, maybe it's actually in the best interest of a for-profit company to open up this database. And it's, it's valuable because if the world moves to electric cars, Tesla just knows they're going to out-innovate. And they're building the supercharger stations everywhere. That's the key word is, so that, like, it, is that you can't be afraid, it, it, if anything... Uh, opening up the field 
forces you to innovate. To be better, yeah. And, and how you know? So it's really just how comfortable are you with like with, and and you know ultimately. If someone out innovates you, it might suck for you selfishly, but it's better for better humanity. Better for the world. Yeah. Deal with it. I tell people all the fucking time, Bill, take a look at our source, crush Reddit. You know what? And I say that kind of, I mean, it'll make me sad, but like, I, I really do feel that way. And, and we, like, I think we, we thrive on this in technology and it's starting to bleed out into other industries. And I see like, okay, coming from, and, and being here in LA and hanging with friends who are like starting their music careers um, or film careers, and they're doing it online, right? They're launching their Kickstarters, they're launching their Patreons, they're on YouTube, they're creating content. I see how the rate of innovation for them now is starting to look like the rate of innovation was for us in the early days of like 05, 06, because now you're creating something amazing with your GoPro. Did you remember the, the Superman GoPro video? Yeah, that went viral, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you see this now and you're like, whoa, okay. Now, now 100 other people in uh, filmmakers are like, that was cool. What's the next level? How do we take that thing and do something even more badass with a GoPro? And it just you, it's you the ever growing pyramid. It's yeah. just going up and up and, and up. And everyone's hustling. I'm sure there are people listening to this who are like, that Chris Hardwick's good, but I can do great. And I always And tell she's people, getting started on some great nerdist I, empire. I always tell people when people like if they say to me, like, you know, you do this or you interrupt people or you talk too much or you do this, I always <laughs> go, Fine. You start your own and do it exact. And I don't say that aggressively. I just go make the thing that you want to see exist in the world. Mm -hmm. Because if you're dissatisfied, that's a good place to be. But people who achieve greatness do something something positive and constructive with that dissatisfaction. And they don't just go, oh, goddammit, and then just write a bunch of shitty comments. Like your contribution to the world is not writing shitty comments. Your contribution to the world is making – like like manifesting things – that innovate and make the make the world a more interesting place. Be be a maker, be a doer, be a creator. I the the TLDR that I gave <laughs> to these eighty universities on the college tour was have ideas and do them. Like the internet lets you not just settle for having a great idea or in the the, the worst case of it, just like leaving a shitty comment about how it could be better. Um, but like actually be someone who does stuff. Right. Be someone who says like, you know what? I'd really like to start an Etsy empire for knitting and be like, all right, I'm going to go find – I'm going to go find a YouTube tutorial and start learning how to knit and join a knitting community. What's that? There's an amazing one on Raffle. Is it on ra- knit a Ravel- Ravelry. Oh. <laughs> that is one. Really? I think so. Wow. Okay. Well, I think yeah. Ravelry is what I was thinking about. Like more knowledge is available than ever. And yeah, or if you find something that you just don't think is good enough, make, start. you have no excuse now not to start your own. They and, literally have no excuse. And this is, I think this is one of the reasons why, and I, and I know that you care very deeply about this, and I know Reddit, the community of Reddit cares very deeply about this, this is why net neutrality is so important. Truth. Because, again, we can't, much in this, the way that you were talking before, like in the old days, only certain types of people had access to certain resources and information and we as as a as a human culture mm-hmm. can't really have that happen again <laughs> no like we will we, go we, so far back yeah so we can't we can't have that happen digitally when it's like you know when we're so on the forefront now but you know i, I still feel like it's so much a part of uh like like people are just so in it now with mm. the internet that it's I, I feel like that people in general is this sort of like oh you don't want me to pirate this well here's fifty ways I just figured out how to do that like <laughs> yeah. I feel like the internet will will always undertake the challenge to subvert you know when when necessary people people are very resourceful right we've known that for all history even before the internet people are very resourceful uh, but the internet itself is a technology like what is it I get more said it, it interprets 
interprets censorship as damage and routes around it. Um, People will always find a way. The answer to piracy is service. Uh, Gabe Gabe Newell of Valve said Mm -hmm. it best. He's like, piracy is a service problem. And and he's such a boss, uh, not only for Half-Life, although I guess we're all waiting for Half-Life 3. The clues are there, man. It's it's all all coming together. They're there. (laughs) But like he – my favorite anecdote, this dude went into Russia and everyone said, no, you can't go there, man. It's a whole industry of piracy. You guys are going to fail miserably. Don't do it. Don't do it. And he was like, you know what? I got this. Piracy is a service problem. And they went in there with Steam and offered a service that was better than piracy. And now it's one of their biggest markets now. They went into the lines then, offered something that was a better service than piracy, and are winning. Like, innovation is what's going to win the day. It's not going to be legislation or trying to just mess with the net. And then when it comes to neutrality, if I can use the the platform, um, I've been going – anytime anyone will give me airtime, I encourage people, just like hopefully you saw John Oliver – uh, pleading, go to the FCC's website. Oh, that he fucking comments, crashed it. Cr- took down the site. This is a public comment period. We have until September 10th. Um, you can call them. I, I've, I've called them up. They're very nice people there. Just let them know that Title II reclassification is what we need for broadband. It's going to make broadband the utility we all know it is so that Comcast and Verizon and I guess there's only really three companies, uh, Cox, uh, can't discriminate traffic on the internet and that all bits are treated equally uh, because they should be so please uh, do that um and i i just got to note that you have a hard out you have to be you have to go you have to do more book well i have a flight oh shit uh, yeah that's well, a very no, hard no, out. no it's okay i think well, hold on let me double check what's traffic like in la oh there's, there's <laughs> hardly anyone on the road no, I don't think it'll be Actually, between here and the airport, it's not that bad. You're like 20 minutes. Now let's do the Californian sketch. I would recommend taking La Brea uh, all the way to Stalker and then over to Sepulveda and then into the airport. And then over to La, uh, No. Yeah, Sepulveda, La Tijera. Yeah, okay. Was that, was that the right way? We could, I, if I'm out of here at 1, I should be fine. You'll be, yeah. you'll be okay. Great. Um, or even 115. Uh, you'll get to meet, uh, you'll meet you'll meet Gary Cole on the way out. Oh, right on. Who's coming in wow. for the next podcast? Oh, oh, it's just an assembly line. No, nope, just, just the two of you today. Special. Just the two of you today. Just the two of you today. So I'm trying to think about I'm trying to think about oh. names for this thing, and I came up with one, but okay. it's real bad because it's a shitty portmanteau. Bring it, Ampla Friday. <laughs> I kind of like that because because we're talking about yeah. we're talking about humanity amplifiers. Yeah, I like that. I'm so, down with that. Ampla Friday. Ampla I don't know Friday. though. It's 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 almost. Should it be wow. purposely clunky? That's a long one. It's just yeah. that it's too long. It's too long. Should it be a purposely clunky one? Or, or wait, or, or it could just be reduced to like, you know, the TBT once enough people know about it. So this would be Faith in Humanity. Fifth. 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 Faith in Fridays. Fifth. Faith, Faith in Fridays. Fridays. I like this Friday thing. Because um, that's, you know, like you start your weekend... You know, is that oh, yeah. good? Or do we like it Mondays because Monday people oh, come back in. Yeah. You start case the week. The Mondays. You got the case of the Mondays. <laughs> um, or should it not have anything to do with anything? And should it just be like um, Nard's Day? And we're like, what's Nard's Day? Oh, well, it's just this. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's just whatever it is, it has to be amazing. I think that's the only thing we, we, should, we should definitely agree on. Uh, um, um, Monday. Monday. Mondaysing. Mon- Monday's is not bad. But so, so the idea is that... Wonderful? Wonderful. It just fell out of my mouth. I'm sorry. That's Olivia Munn's fan group. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> the, is, is it something about... Because um, the... Okay, so, the, so the, the basic idea is that 
uh, one day a week, you go out of your way to make someone feel better about themselves. You're, yeah, you're something they've created or something that they've done. Yeah. So is it is it is it is it a karma based pun, which was, uh, which oh. essentially ties it back to Ooh. to karma? Mm. Um, car Monday. Car, no. Someone right now is just screaming at yeah, their headphones like, it's right here! You fucking idiots! <laughs> they will tweet at us. You created Reddit! How could you not think of something right now? <laughs> um, you know, we actually, uh, we Reddit was almost called, so I registered R-E-D-D-I-T and R-E-D-I-T-T at the same time. This was senior year at UVA. I was in the library, Alderman Library. Uh, trying to come up with names for our company. And I was really proud of that because I was like, oh, people say I read it on Reddit. And I was going to go with R-E-D-I-T-T because I just kind of thought that made more sense. And I asked my friend, uh, Melissa, shout out Melissa, which one, like if you were going to bastardize Reddit, like read it, mm-hmm. which one of these bastardizations makes more sense? And she's like, two Ds. And I was like, all right, done. Done. And other names suggested by Paul Graham include Octopop. <laughs> wow, okay. I'm shaking my head. Um... Red there was tits. A, oh, there's a. <laughs> there, it's, uh, it's all totally communist blanking. era topless photos. <laughs> there were some really. Oh, there were some really awful ones too. Oh, oublagoo. Oh, there were some oublagoo. Oublagoo. No, poplex. That was one. I have. I have all these emails. Like back popular before. lexicon. Yeah, Vox. We couldn't. We thought about Vox Pop for a minute, but I think it was already registered. Like Voice of the People. That was a little too heady. Uh, but anyway. I think I'm basically all I'm saying is I'm not great with names. Hit, uh, Hitmonk was almost bounce pounce, okay? And then Adam's girlfriend was like, just come up with a cute animal and then misspell it so you can get the domain name so then Alexis can draw a mascot. So ch- <laughs> Chipmunk without the C and nothing to do with travel search, but yeah. What's your grandfather's name? John. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I know. Not a lot to work with. Um, Sorry, Grandpa. I love yeah. you. Let's see. <laughs> and he listens every, every week. He doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't he, I don't think he, podcasting is not. Maybe you know, maybe on yeah. this special day of the week he'll pay it forward. <laughs> <laughs> there the we go. Yeah. I uh, mean, I have. Fa- I actually have faith that your followers uh, and then the the twenty people following me are gonna come up with something good. What if we just called it payday? Ooh, and then do it on Friday. You do it on pay- Friday. Huzzah! Damn! Oh. Fuck yes! Owned it. You're paying that was it. it. One more. I felt it. I felt it. Forward, and it's Friday. Ooh. Oh my Bravo. god. My brain's oh. vagina just needs oh, to just feels good. like just spit out a oh, that was giant good. thought, Whew. baby. I need a really cigarette. Hurts. I know. Ooh. Oh, that was good. Man. Was it good for you? I just need a salve or something to. <laughs> man. Oh, okay. Okay. That's good. Okay, so That's Friday really is payday. payday. And payday paying basically means you're paying you're paying it forward in some way. Now, in general, that could mean, you know, you go onto a forum and say, you know, like and, and support someone in that way or, or like tweet out a photo to, or tweet out a link to someone's amazing thing on their Etsy store or holler share like, give some love. It's like, about sharing and not, nothing nothing is successful without a community. Totally. Community like you look at anything that that has become relevant and it's because there was a community holding it up, and so except for except for Kim Kardashian, except but, for yeah, I'm sorry, it, I'm sorry Kanye is the the community behind that, <laughs> um, and except oh. for the show community. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Unfortunately, oh, oh, ironic, <laughs> yeah. which is ironic. So such a bummer. Yeah, it's such a good joke. Oh. But it, but ultimately, <laughs> but ultimately, it's this idea of creating this this sort of like 
positive stratum of of our culture yeah. and and using the power for good. So Friday Fridays from now on, we'll see how long this lasts. We'll be payday. We can do I this. guess we should probably see if there's a there's probably a payday subreddit. Um, slash payday. And maybe it's just about the candy bar. You guys yeah, like the candy big bar? Fans of the candy My bar. My favorite thing is the white wrapper. Yeah. <laughs> what you mean, snow? <laughs> Selfies eating the payday. Yeah. I I think I think we get this going. I bet Wheaton Will would be on board. Will would right? be oh Will be all over. Yeah. Will all would right. be all over. We can we'll organize. <laughs> we'll get our nerd no, forces. Let's do it. <laughs> Everybody. Glavin. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, because you know one one thing that Chloe's very mindful of is hmm? that if. You know, if someone's, uh, she'll find something about people that she likes mm-hmm. and she'll say like, hey, your nails look really cool or that's a great sweatshirt or hey, cool hat, you know, because it's just even even on an incremental level, that can change the course of someone's day. day absolutely. It could change the course of their life. Totally. I, I think back on so many of the little decisions. There's a great, oh, I'm forgetting the Borges poem about this, Forking Paths, I think it's called. Anyway, I think about how really at the time inconsequential decisions have made such an impact on my life. Like I, when I was applying for UVA, uh, first year, or freshman year dorms, you choose, you get this, this random form that's like old dorms or new dorms. And it's this innocuous, just like you have a preference for like old school hallway style dorm or like new school suite style. And I chose old school for no reason other than I was like, yeah, okay. I move in and look across the hall and there's this blonde haired, blue eyed angel playing Gran Turismo. And I was so thrilled because I, I played video games growing up. I didn't think people played games in college. I didn't have any older siblings to tell me how college worked. So I was like, oh my God, this guy's, he's into games. I introduce myself. He says, I'm Steve. And I'm like, I'm Alexis. And I was so thrilled to see him. He was bummed because he then realized he was not living on a co-ed hall Mm because he had seen my name on the door and thought I was a girl. But we still became really good friends and eventually talked him into starting a company with me, which would become Reddit. (laughs) And if I hadn't checked that box, think about that checkbox all the time because for whatever reason, it's still in my head remembering like, hmm, yeah, I guess I'll go with old. If I checked the new dorm box or if I had ended up in any other hall in the old dorms, like I'd probably be an immigration lawyer right now and there'd be no Reddit and I wouldn't be here doing this podcast. And every one of us has these moments in our lives. Uh, All of the people, I mean, you can get, I'm doing that AMA with my grandpa. I was hearing... You know, I was re, it was hearing him retell stories about what his family went through and these little decisions that happened that, you know, if you, I mean, you can go, you can make movies about this stuff, uh, that, that put us on the course to end up here. And like, it's, it's crazy. Um, so don't dwell on this too much unless you're high and then it's a really good time. <laughs> but like, really, the littlest things can make such a big impact. And, I, I I totally believe in that, so I'm very excited about this payday, man. This is, I am, this, I'm this excited is a about this too. precedent, man. Um, what uh, do you want to plug your book oh. real fast? Oh yeah, I guess so. I mean, so my publisher is at war with Amazon right now. Okay. So my book has been throttled. Uh, so get it on Barnes and Noble. <laughs> uh, or I've also been told it's called without their permission, and I always have these college students on the tour sheepishly coming up to me saying, "Hey, what's up, dude? Like, listen, I don't have money to buy your book, but I I downloaded it." on the pirate bay and and they tell me this and i'm just like how dare you no i'm like that's cool man it's all right you're a college student it's all right it's not a lost sale so i'm not endorsing downloading my book but if you're strapped for cash you just don't want to spend the money i am told it's available on the pirate bay but which you, is a good sign you wouldn't know I that would, for sure i, I, I mean do not how know could that you know i'm not endorsing that um, but I'll tell you, that's how I knew it was going to be a bestseller was because it was on the Pirate Bay within 24 hours. And it's like, if you're willing to pirate a damn ebook, like I must be doing something right. <laughs> so that that is that is what I have to say about that. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and maybe just one 
do, do people are fairly aware of you on Reddit? Like, do they aware of your? Eh, yes and no. I think I think it's at us. I mean, around 110 million people. Like, it's cool. Steve and I never made it about us. Um, you could look at some of so our former competitors. It's so hard not to do that. When I someone, know. Someone starts stepping on your neck, and you're like, "Bitch, this is my house." What are you <laughs> well, I think I think one of the one of the things we got very right was we knew it was gonna it was only gonna work if it was a platform for communities, and if a half million communities were one day gonna use it, like the community at our Rainbow would have to feel ownership over that forum. Of they course. wouldn't, you know, our Black Ladies isn't there because me and Steve are there. Um, our competitor at the time, Dig, uh, was started by, by all accounts, a very nice guy, Kevin, who I think was coming from a place of celebrity as a TV host and trying to build a forum that was essentially about him. Mm-hmm. Like that community was essentially there for him and Dignation. And so there was a ceiling on that because there's only so many people who are going to want to be there for Kevin. Right. We knew if we we're going to be a real platform, we'd have to be bigger and broader and make it about at most the alien, but not about me or Steve. So I take great pride in knowing like I'll comment on posts and people will downvote me and be like, how do you know that about the founding of Reddit? Right. And then someone else might chime in and be like, he's, a, he's one of the founders. <laughs> that's, that's, that's funny. What you're talking about dig about building around the platform around itself. And I'm like, <clears throat> no, but you guys, but you are. Did I do that? I think I might have done no, that. But you're building a media company, right? Well, I, I think we are. I mean, like that's that's what I'm trying to do, and I, and and so I'm I've been trying to bring on as you know a bunch of different voices, so it's yeah. not just me. No, no, no. But like like I said, I, I think it works in build it it works building a media company. If you're trying to build a platform, you can't. You're only going to have a ceiling, right? If like Twitter can't be about the founders of Twitter, if you're going to have everyone in the world tweeting. Reddit yeah. can't be about the founders of Reddit if you're going to have everyone else. Like I said, we built the tools. We built the canvas. You guys are creating content. And, we're, we're, yeah, and we, it's a different... like. And, and so Kevin tried to take a model that would have been better suited towards creating content and creating a content empire yeah. than creating a platform. Right. And I am uh, I'm very excited to... Um, I wonder if I'm going to get karma for this interview. I feel like maybe I should... Eh, people, I, I don't know. That's the other thing too, right? You could, I, I'm not going to post my own interview. You, I mean, I just, I'm just bracing you. You're probably not going to get a lot of upvotes for it. People <laughs> will just be like, whatever. You know, it doesn't matter though because ultimately there is, a, there is an R Nerdist that I, don't, that I don't run. Someone else yeah. runs it and they do a great job. Great community. Awesome. And it's, and, it's, and it's really nice. And I do – I love watching where people take things. It's, it's mm. one of, it, that's, that's, that's what meme culture is. It's going, yeah. how did you start here and get here? And it's like a bunch of people just chipped in, and then you know, I mean, like I, I, I you know, I spent one year. I went to the M- the MIT uh, the puzzle hunt that yeah, they do, and yeah. and and I was so blown away by the sheer power of that experience. I was just like, okay, you guys are just doing this for for, for no fucking reason. Yeah. What if you took all of that brain power and focused <laughs> it on? Yeah, so hunger yeah. or something yeah. like so. The, like the idea that you know, if you focus enough, ner- if you throw enough nerds at something, then ev- they, like eventually it, you'll figure it out. You know, like that. That yeah. to me, that's what I. You know, besides besides watching the weird train of non sequiturs that mm-hmm. happen on Reddit, but that's the other thing that excites me about is like if you throw a bunch of enough people at something, they'll fucking figure it out. Well, and and to that point, I'm glad you have that perspective. I think the. The, the content creators who will win are the ones who know that, like, 
once they create the message, once they create the content, they lose control of it. And that's always been the case, right? Like mm-hmm. whether people are talking at the water cooler about the episode of MASH they saw last night or whether they're posting on our Game of Thrones about all of their like Why are you talking about MASH? And- I just woke up from a coma. No, I'm, no, I'm using the – I'm saying like the old school the like, old at school a water, water cooler. cooler yeah. MASH was the first – that was a TV show, right? I'm, yeah. Okay, yes. Interestingly, yeah. it's like 100 – It's I think the same number of users that Reddit has watched the finale the of finale. MASH. Wow. Okay, that yeah. puts it in perspective. Yeah, so Mash was was it was, was a very popular. it was a huge it was yeah. one of the most popular shows in history. And 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 though those fans were limited by geography to basically geek out about stuff. Mm-hmm. Today, right? There is when the show goes off the air, the conversations can begin and like like it's amazing like Game of Thrones for instance is a bit of a fan, right? There are people discussing it 24/7 creating new fan art and debates and quizzes and discussions and the content producers that get that, like you're saying, like you love seeing it and where it goes and where it spirals, realize like that's that's where the future heads. The more things you can kind of throw at your community to give them the excitement of feeling like involved or connected, uh, the better because they've always controlled the message. Like at the end of the day, whether you sell like bottled water uh, or whether you're producing content like uh, media um, – you know, your customers are going to talk, your fans are going to speak, and they're going to connect. And the more that you can do to kind of give them cool stuff to mess with and acknowledge that, you know what, it's not mine anymore, uh, the better. Well, where do you think that, you know, like as sort of as digital culture continues to subvert traditional media mm-hmm. structure, mm-hmm. where do you see, like, where do you see things going as audiences just kind of splinter Man. and splinter more and they, you know, they get stuff wherever they get it? And I think, I mean, we are, we're already seeing people are very, um, I guess it's like brand agnostic. Like on the internet, the, the content you consume, it's coming from everywhere. And it could be a, a multi-billion dollar company that produced it, or it could be a little kid with an iPhone. Yeah. And there are still going to be – here's what it is. I think there are still going to be superstars, um, but there are going to be a lot more people kind of in the middle who historically would not have been able to make – a living like the idea of of like content creators, and we can say like just creatives, artists, whatever. It was always binary. It's always you're either you've either made it mm-hmm. or you're a starving artist right. or a starving creator, or starving whatever. Um, and now, you know, the reason I invested in Patreon, the reason I think there's so much happening here is because there's a middle ground. Like there's a dude named Smooth McGroove who does. Uh, acapella video game theme songs videos on YouTube. He's a very talented acapella singer. Also owns a black cat, so we're you know you chummy like, like that. Yeah. Lives in Oklahoma, and he's earning. He's already getting a few grand a month to produce these videos, and he he, he distributes them for free. YouTube's made that trivial, and he has a following. He's not going to ever be Beyonce, but that's okay. Like if he can make a living, like. Every day, just producing, thinking about making great. Well, it's the thousand content. true fans thing. Yeah. Like you don't have to appeal to, to everybody. You don't have to appeal to three hundred million people and three hundred fifty million people in America. Huh. You, you can still. It's the nicheifying of our culture, yeah. basically. You, if you can appeal to an, enough of a community to support the thing that you want to do, then you can continue to do that thing. And, and the fact that, like, the, you know, the distribution part got solved by YouTube over the last, uh, you know, nine years, um, but the monetization has not. And, and I think it's going to be these kinds of micro-patronage platforms that are going to do it because, like, what happens now when a, there's a world of smooth McGrews who don't need to work freelance jobs or don't need to work as baristas or bartenders to sort of pay the bills in between making the stuff they really want to make? They can spend all of their time 
thinking about creating and making. Like they're going to get their 10,000 hours, whether they play the ukulele, whether they do podcasts or whether they do whatever, way faster. And so that's going to mean more people getting more skilled faster than ever at a broader or in a broader way, like more of them uh, all over. And I think it's just going to mean just a lot of amazing content, much, much better content and just really cool new stuff bubbling up. And instead of looking at trends like over the span of like years uh, or months, it's going to, I mean, it's going to be weeks and then days and then minutes. I mean, that's going to get crazy, right? Because there are, I mean, I already feel like if I miss a day of the internet, I miss a lot of stuff that has happened and sort of bubbled up in kind of pop culture, but that's only going to keep accelerating uh, until it's just, it's going right into our brains every millisecond. It's it's platforms (laughs) to me that is, that I'm, that I'm so curious to see how, how it all shakes out. And I, and I don't know if it'll, I mean, I don't think, I think we're so far into it at this point that it's not going to shake out in anything that resembles the traditional model at all. It's like, Oh, there's just a handful of, you know, it's, it ultimately, you know, I think it's sort of like you said, with trusted sources, people will find brands or organizations that are sort of there. Oh, this is my trusted source for this bit of particular thing. thing." And, um, you know, and the, uh, then it's not about like television or internet. It's just like, oh, the delivery it's system. Just stuff. It's just yeah. stuff. It's just become stuff. Yeah, man. And it's going to be it, – it, it, this change is happening right now. And then – oh, right. So then let's go a little step further. So there's been a lot of time with college students right on this tour. And there are a bunch – I'm always telling people learn to code, by the way. If you have any interest in technology or doing startups, you want to start the next Reddit or Hitmonk, learn to code. Um, but the there's a whole other segment who are humanity, humanities majors like me, history majors, or who maybe they want to, they want to do podcasting or they want to make, they want to play saxophone or they want to just make cool videos. Um, they never had a model, right? They're, they grew up, they've been growing up with this idea of, oh, right, it's either right, you've made it or you haven't. But as more and more examples, as more smooth, smooth McGrews kind of show up, those become role models to be like, wait, there's another way. Like I can actually take time to start building an audience and start like making start to make a living from it. And I, I, I could make a living making my crochet mug holders. I, I don't even know if that makes any sense, but like they can start taking the things they're passionate about and actually see if there's a way to make money from it and maybe even make a living from it instead of looking at that path of like, well, this is always going to have to be something that's like a hobby because you're either a starving artist or you're, you know, Beyonce. Right. Uh, and that's just going to mean more people who can now look at creation differently because they don't have to think about, well, you know, yeah, you've got a nice hobby, but you got to get a real job. And so you got to work in that nine to five gig um, because those jobs aren't there. And, and the economy is still sorting itself out. And, and I, hope, I hope the best comes out of it uh, because there's some really talented people who we, know, we never used to get, you know, never used to get the best ideas from who hopefully now will start getting a chance to do it. Well, thank you very much for not only thank you for being here. Thank you for Reddit. Oh, uh, sure. Thanks, Steve. Sure. Steve too. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I would like to thank, uh, Skydart for giving me user Skydart on Reddit for giving me the uh, gift of Reddit. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm there, I'm in your community. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank and you for having me and for creating payday. a payday. And, and I would Fridays are payday yeah. from now on forever. tomorrow. What do you, I'm, I'm, I'm already thinking about what I'm going to do for tomorrow's payday. Um, and then, um, and then I hope that, uh, you know, that off podcast that we can catch up every so often sure. and just, you know, yeah. get to be pals. Dude, I would love that. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to send a little care package. Well, th- I would greatly appreciate it. I know she awesome. would too. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. Alexis. Good oh, to see you. Thank you, Chris. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Or enjoy your burrito. <laughs> I'm going to create that right now.
Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.